0: To the awesome podcast network, like a Haitian zombie rising up from the dead in a surrealistic Bill Pullman fever dream. Eighties Revisited is back with the latest and greatest episode as we talk about Wes Craven's *Serpent and the Rainbow* on the latest episode of our Halloween Horror Month. Sorry for the delay again. Talk to you about that soon. Right now on Eighties Revisited.
1: Oh,
0: In the shadows of the imagination Lies the ultimate nightmare Don't let them bury me I'm not dead The serpent and the rainbow like a rainbow in the dark. We are back better late than dead, especially since it's zombie, it was supposed to be zombie month for Halloween Horror this year. Oh. but it's said it's a, kind of a zombie trifecta, at least for the month of October. All due to me, your host, with the most <laughs> excuses for not getting podcasts done, Trey Harris, my producer who's always here, ready to go, Jesse Sedgley. I live here. The rainbow to my serpent.
1: Yes, I am. in a
0: non-sexual way. That's right. Our third film, which should have been our third of five,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, yep, I'll be the first one to eat some crow because I remember I, I do probably on this podcast or at least to other people I did say, when well, I have a baby. I'm not gonna. That's not gonna stop me. That won't be. That's me. not gonna be a problem. No, nope. I'm not gonna be like
1: everyone else.
0: I got me a nice warm leg of crow and a slice of humble pie to the side here. <laughs> What would it
1: take to get you to be in here every week? Would it take a Patreon. A dead baby. A dead baby.
0: <laughs> that is a joke for shock value and is no intent or anything. So it's a joke. Do with not a take that out of hint context. Hint of truth in it.
1: <laughs> Quiet, Jesse. It's not like you're asking for it. I mean, what's up there? <laughs>
0: it's the better stop. Love you, Violet. You're just saying that because it's Halloween Horror Month. That's right. Absolutely, and it's that time of year, we like to talk about such horrible, dark things like nighttime and darkness. Dark stuff, like The Serpent and the Rainbow, which came out February 5th, 1988. IMDb gives it a 6.5. Rotten Tomatoes, 61% critics, 56% audience. So pretty much between the critics and the audience and Rotten Tomatoes and the distinguished posters on IMDb, everybody's pretty much along the same lines for this film. Hmm. Budget was an estimated seven million. Opened at five point eight, which was good enough to be number two for the week. But it could not stop Robin Williams' "Good Morning Vietnam" being number one in its seventh week out. Wow! Uh, domestically, Serpent Rainbow" going to domestically gross nineteen point five. No info on in worldwide or rentals, but I'm sure it made some more money on rentals. And this was one of those staples of uh, TBS too. Every now and then. Uh, especially like with uh, Joe Bob Briggs on Monster Vision stuff like that so it it's some good TV airing to it directed by the late great actually late not late like this podcast being late Wes Craven <laughs> of course Nightmare on Elm Street Scream Deadly Friend and let's not forget Music of the Heart mm. a touching tale of music from the heart with no horror elements at all we wanted to do something different that's cool whatever didn't work out didn't work good out for him. me and let's see, well, that might be one of his highest rated movies on IMDb, 6. is the 6.8. Music of the heart. I'm sure one of them You like... got Meryl Streep and
1: Cloris Leachman. Yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, Gloria, Gloria Estefan in that.
1: Angela Bassett. Um, and yeah, she did the uh,
0: music video with the sync. Ah, that's what I'm thinking of. That yeah. Shit. Anyway. <laughs> Serpent <laughs> Rainbow, written by Richard Maxwell and Adam Rodman, based on the book by Wade Davis. Uh, Maxwell and Rodman didn't do nothing of note that I found, I believe, so that's why I didn't put anything there Cinematography, however, was by John Lindy, Laird Lindley He would go on to do Field of Dreams mm. The strangely dark turn for Macaulay Culkin with The Good Son, and in terms of cinematography, Pleasantville A very well shot film yeah. combining elements of black and white and color so that requires some definite skill with the camera for the mise-en-scene Mm-hmm. Starring one of my favorite bad actors, Bill Pullman, my opinion As uh, Dennis, of course, ID4, Casper, Lake Placid, Spaceballs And I love Bill Pullman He's just, uh, I don't know, he's just he always has that cheesy aspect when I see him To where I can't quite take him totally seriously I don't, I don't know what it is about him I do like him, don't get me wrong It's just there's something about him I can't get over that I'm watching an actor All Right he thing. acts like an actor. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, Kathy Tyson was Marielle. She just did a whole bunch of TV. Uh, Paul Winfield was Lucian. Of course, Terminator, Mars Attacks, uh, Star Trek II and Cliffhanger. Uh, late, great Michael Goh, or Goff. Don't know how you pronounce his name. I believe it's Goh, though. Uh, Skubaker, uh, of course, one of the best Alfreds, next to Michael Caine, uh, in uh, the Burton Batman series. And, of course, Sleepy Hollow. came became a really big... He's done a lot too, but you know, mainly a character actor. But most people would know him from uh, the Burton Batmans. And mm-hmm. actually, he was one of the. Actually, he was in all of the old Batman. I say old Batman, but the pre. Right. Uh, he Nolan. Was, He's was the he
1: thing stuck that stuck around the same. for
0: <laughs> forever in Batman and Robin. He was the only one
1: that stayed the same. <laughs>
0: Pretty much. Good for him. Zakes Smoke Moké, I'm slaughtering that name. Uh, was Darjean, of course, Outbreak, Waterworld, Vampire in Brooklyn. Another film directed by Wes Craven, which is on, uh, I think, Netflix. Also uh, dead. Oh, when did he die? Oh, wow. wow. 2009. Long time ago, actually. In Las Vegas. That's where you die. Well, if you gotta go. <laughs> go in Las Vegas. Apparently so. Brent Jennings was Lewis. He was in Red Heat, Moneyball, and Witness. And Comrade Roberts was Kristoff. He was in The Scorpion King, The Mask of Zorro, and the absolutely horrible film called A Wrinkle in Time. which Available now on Netflix. Yes, which is so bad. I rarely turn off a movie. I've never seen it. I will, even if something is bad, I'll try to stick it out just to make sure that it's bad. I could not get 45 minutes 4. through 2. this movie. on IMDb. It is such, it is just Garbage. terrible, weird, like there is nothing... And the trailer looked good. I thought, oh, the trailer yeah, looks good. Yeah, I thought the trailer looked all right. The music looked good. Like it had like it looked like it had all the elements for like an interesting. So what thing. failed? I have no clue. It is just like for you.
1: What made you turn it off?
0: It was slow, but nothing was making any sense. Oprah is this giant. Like everybody's like normal size, and she's this giant thing, and it's just weird. And I could, I was like, I could. It's like weird for the sake of being weird. I guess. I mean, I could not keep it's my attention on it. artsy now. Mm, excuse me. <laughs> I just couldn't stay... Nothing could make me stay interested or focused on it at all. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, would, since it's on Netflix, I,
1: it's not even making me turn it on there. It's yeah. just like, I mean, I, I'm I would, worried.
0: <laughs> now, if somebody listening to this stuck it out and saw the whole thing and it turns out to be an amazing movie, let me know. Because A, you're probably, full of, you're probably bullshitting me just to get me to waste time rewatching watching it. Or watch it's starting only 109 over. Oh,
1: hundred nine minutes. It's less than two hours. That's, that's
0: that's a lot You know what? I could I could watch like so many other things. I could go play Red Dead Redemption for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's true. Space that... Oprah, <laughs> emotionless picture. An <laughs> emotionless picture.
1: As the user review that's highlighted. Wow. Space Oprah. That's funny.
0: Is garbage. Like, I don't know. I really I, I can't put my finger on it exactly, but it's a combination of a lot of things that were just absolute garbage. By the time Wrinkle reached its
1: climactic scenes, where the stakes are highest and the resolution hangs in the balance, it carried so much forward momentum that I had to keep waking myself up so I wouldn't snore to bother the other theater patrons. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: like that. I'd have walked
1: out, absolutely.
0: And again, like I've I've stuck it out through sci-fi originals and very bad, like you know, universally paying movies, even ones that are not that are so bad they're bad. But this movie is just. stay away from it this review also says this is going to be someone's favorite movie
1: and that's a beautiful thing art needn't be categorically good to be effective after all I love the hell out of Xanadu (laughs) so I should know but that film wants to tell a story but a film that wants to tell a story should be equipped to tell a story and if you can't do that then it's something else I don't know Uh, no I was just resting my eyes it's nice you should
0: go do the same (laughs) yeah just stay away from the film Right, just absolutely stay away from it. But we're going to talk about something better because we're talking about the serpent and the rainbow. Jesse, have you ever seen this film? I never even heard of this film. Really, this was one that again it's not better than
1: Wrinkle in Time. It? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god, I'd rather watch the trailer for Serpent and the Rainbow for 150 minutes or whatever <laughs> than watch a Wrinkle in Time. Over, I, I would watch the, the one version of this trailer for this film in slow motion to last an hour. And however long it was. Maybe you should do watch that to, uh, you
1: know, as a clickbait video. Totally I could. I watched this trailer for
0: 12 hours straight. <laughs> and just picture of you <laughs> watching the trailer. <laughs> uh, uh, no one, Knowing the way society works now, that would be the greatest thing. Oh, absolutely. That would get clicks. Yeah. yeah. Clickbait. horrible people out there that watch <laughs> such things. Oh,
1: it's true. It's true. I just
0: want to fast forward through it, too. Yeah. Just, Crazy. Watch me watch a 12-hour long trailer. A trailer slowed down to 12 hours in a minute. Yeah. You know, then it's, what, did I, what did I just do? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But Serpent Rainbow, this is one of those films that when I was a kid, that the cover, the VHS cover of it, scared me. Because it's like Bill Pullman. And as a kid, I didn't really know what it was because I hadn't seen the movie yet. I thought he was just like coming out of a door or something. But you know, after you see the movie, you examine it closer enough. You, you know, He's being buried. You know, coming out of the coffin, or as the coffin's coming up, he's pushing out of. You know, can't really tell if he's being put in or coming out, but uh, it was just creepy. This VHS cover, just like you know, it was one of those I kind of didn't want to look at as a young kid because it was just unsettling to me at the time. So I always had that memory of that, and then when I found out, oh, it's you know, oh, you know, you read the back like zombie voodoo, like okay, I pick up as a kid, I pick up on the word zombie. But you know, being in Louisiana, you, we're not far from New Orleans. You know, Marie Laveau and vo- all the voodoo culture there and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I kind of had a basic understanding of that. But this film is Haitian voodoo, like the real. This is where it OG came from. Voodoo, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, and that's and it, and to this film's credit, it's so the film itself is. I, I find it disturbing in in just a very in just an odd way because of the strangeness of the voodoo culture and all the, you know, if you ever watch any of the travel, not travel channel, but just any documentaries or stuff, you know, where they kind of deal, they go into that kind of subject matter. To me, it's always, it's fascinating, but also very disturbing because when I was in college, I had a a Caribbean, Afro-Caribbean religion class because I needed three credit hours to graduate. So I was like, let me take this fucking religion class because, you know, it probably... A, it meets one day a week for three hours and they College never keep you the down. full three hours. <laughs> and it you know, might, you know, I'll learn something pretty unique. i have a knowledge base of something pretty unique. And it would be a very fun class. But, uh, you know, we actually watch videos of, like, people in Haiti and other places similar to this, like, performing ceremonies and just, you know, very disturbing stuff. There was something me in Autumn Watch not too long ago. Oh, uh, there's a show on Netflix, I think it's called Dark Tourist hmm. is the name of it. Very good show. Very good documentary show where a guy goes to he does the, you know, the dark aspect of life type stuff. Like goes to uh, he goes to Haiti or he goes somewhere and goes to a voodoo ceremony. But it, it gets kind of crazy when people lashing themselves and you know becoming possessed and like attacking people and just you know just very like I wouldn't want to be there either. So, but this movie really kind of captures that for me. So even when I watch it now, and this is, this is not one of my favorite movies, Bunny Stretch of Imagination. I think it's one of Wes Craven's more visually stunning ones in terms of like, uh, and that's saying a lot for him being the creator of Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that. Uh, You know, I think he really had a, his style really played well into, you know, for lack of a better word, the nightmare aspect of when uh, they're burying Bill Pullman and all that stuff and the surreal nature of the film until uh, he does his animality in the end and totally just takes me out of the film, (laughs) which is, that just, that takes the cake. But yeah, as a kid, when I watched the first time, I didn't know what to think. The film scared me as a kid because again, it's just this weird, strange. This is America, you know. Voodoo is still looked on like, oh, you know, we're in the we're in the Bible Belt, you know, not too far in the Bible Belt, so it's in a very we're a very religious nation still, you know, for good or bad, whatever. But that's like, oh, that's that that voodoo, is satanic or blah. You know, y'all you hear all the bad, negative stuff from people that don't understand it. But it's a it's a bona fide religion. But it is so different from what we're used to over here. So then when you see that, and then especially to then put that in the context of a horror movie, makes it even more, you know, just icky for lack of a better word, I guess. Mm-hmm. So and this, that, and also the aspect of being in a foreign country where you're the outsider and all this crazy stuff is going on to where you're almost, you know, you're, you know, Freddie gets you nightmare, is scary, nightmare and Elm Street is spooky and scary because you have to sleep you can't get away from sleep. Right, right. You know, you don't have to go to Camp Crystal Lake. You you can move out of Haddonfield on Halloween. You don't have to sit there and deal with that every year. But you have to sleep. In this film, you know, he's a scientist, so he's a botanist, I believe. You know, going to study this stuff. So he's, you know, he's a researcher. He's doing this, but he's you know, he's in a place to where he can't necessarily get out with all this other stuff happening. And just the degradation of his mental capacities as he's taking this you know quote unquote zombie powder and all that, uh, it just it really is creepy. Like it's a it's a good film to watch to get creeped out. I think, and it still holds up. I mean, again, also you're getting there's no CG. Well, there's you know you could say some sort of CG type stuff near the end, but you know you got you got practical effects. Wes Craven's great at that, going back to the, the room gimbal rooms for Nightmare with people going through the ceiling and all that, you know, which is an old film trick, but used the spectacular effect in the Nightmare series. And you know just the high quality of effects, good acting, all around, except you know, again, not a big Bill Pullman fan, but he's good in this, you know. But again, I, I still know yep, there's that actor Bill Pullman in this film. Hmm. But uh supporting cast is great for the most part. Uh it's, just, it's an unsettling film, like you know. It's not one. It's not like *Cannibal Holocaust* unsettling. Don't get me wrong there, but it, right. it does kind of capture that same kind of feel, like yeah. you know. But it's not like it's like *Cannibal Holocaust*, but it's not. It's you know, this is fiction. You know, supposedly fictional, based on a dude's book. We'll get into that in the trivia. But it's just like, I don't need to watch this every year, <laughs> but I appreciate the artistic value of *Serpent and the Rainbow*. And it's, it's a cool fucking title, too. The Serpent and the Rainbow. Does that title mean a lot? Yeah, it comes into play. Like, I'll get to that, too. Uh, they say, I can't forget what they say in them. They they do explain, like, oh, there's the serpent and there's the rainbow. And I, if I didn't watch it too much, you know, if went so behind on the podcast and I just watched it the day or two before we normally record, I could have remembered it, but it's been, like, three weeks since I watched this film. So <laughs> I'm not going to watch it again this year. <laughs> didn't like it that much. But, yeah, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. For sure. Uh again, this is not a traditional zombie movie, like, oh no, watch a zombie movie. There's better zombie movies. Yeah. But if you want to watch a different zombie movie, which is why I kind of included it with these other <laughs> almost like an artistic zombie movie. Yeah. I mean, this is this is more take what you will, quote unquote, real world zombie type situation. Cause there are document doc there's documented cases of what they touch on in this film, but again, this is a Wes Craven film. This isn't a Ken Burns for 15 episode PBS documentary series investigating everything. So yeah. lots of artistic license here, but it looks cool again, aside from the animality at the end, small spoiler alert, but you probably will forget about it over the course of the movie and then be like, Oh, that's what he's talking about. And you'll laugh and giggle and then the movie's over. But again, some great, it's got, it's, it's, it, this film would look like shit today. Well, maybe not with the right director, but uh, just the practical practicality and the surrealness of the effects just goes so good with it to where it's fun to watch. Even if you're not even into the story, it's worth finishing because it does. There are parts where like, okay, we're back here again. You know, so it def, again, these script screenplay uh, guys didn't do much of anything besides this. <coughs> Excuse me, mm-hmm. Bill Pullman's best horror movie? <laughs> I don't know. My wife really likes Casper. Oh, right. And okay. Lake Placid's I pretty entertaining all, to be
1: fair, to be honest.
0: He hasn't really done that much in terms of horror, I'd say. Huh? Well, the second Independence Day was horrible. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, I'm, I get, it, it, yeah, it, I know it, it, was, uh, it was fun. For I mean, to forgettable me, though. Like, I can't even
1: remember anything from it. I've seen it. I just don't remember much about I it. I
0: remember the big thing at the end, and like Jeff Goldblum somehow having to outrun it in the school bus. Gosh, or something.
1: I just completely forgot about it. Like, I remember so much about the first one.
0: Well, that was such an iconic film when we were younger, too, especially. Yeah. That was a big film. Yeah. And then, you know what? Because I, I went on. I revisited ID4 before the new one came out. So then, because when I watched Independence Day, I was like, yep, yeah, this movie is a 90s movie. Every <laughs> single aspect of this uh-huh. film is dated. But it works then. Yeah, exa- it worked. It doesn't work now. It's still fun. Yeah. But to me, the second one, you know, is it a good movie? No. But to me, it felt like. A continuation of the first... Like, it felt that's where this That's where this story would go. But again, they also made the sequel 20 years too late. Yeah. So, because the whole big deal is, oh, the next one's going to be about the ground war. And like, oh, that's going to be interesting. But nah, it's not what happened. There was a little little bit of a ground war in the new one. And resurgence. 20 years later, there's a resurgence. But yeah, you know. Anyway, Serpent Rainbow. Yeah. So, yeah. uh But as a kid, like, it... You know, not, it wasn't nightmare inducing, but it was just like, you know, I, I never it was one I, I didn't never would like, oh, it's on. Let me watch it like, oh, I'd watch it a little bit. Then maybe I'd see what Ronda Shears showing on up all night instead of what's on Monster Vision on TNT or something. You know, it, it would do in a pinch for me as a kid, but it wasn't one that I really gave a shit about. But I, again, walking in that horror section of the video store, which is in the back right corner, always a bulb out. I don't know if that was intentional or not. But you know, I'd see that cover, be like, "eh, I don't want to look at that movie," because it was spooky. And now, as an adult, it's like, "what a, what a wuss." <laughs> but it is, it is, it's a great cover again, continuing the tradition of the two films we covered so far this month. Fantastic VHS cover art. But anyway, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff is actually more interesting than a lot of stuff in the film, to be honest, because they actually did film this in Haiti, mm-hmm. and while they were filming, a lot of political turmoil in Haiti so much they had to halt the production because the local government informed them that they could not guarantee their safety for the remainder of the shoot. So they subsequently relocated... Sorry, everybody. We had our Halloween party last night, and I'm still a little (laughs) bleh and sleepy. But anyway, so pardon my typical dyslexia and mispronunciations. uh, The crew subsequently relocated to the nearby Dominican Republic to complete filming Mm. for their own safety. So Mm. not any kind of hoodoo-voodoo type stuff, but more like, uh, you know the Bad kind of political violence in right. countries like that that you don't want to get caught in. Uh, author Wade Davis agreed to sell the book rights on the condition that Peter Weir direct and Mel Gibson star
1: well, in Napa.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you missed out. And strangely enough, uh, Wes Craven confirmed that unlike most of his previous films, his first cut of the film got an R rating without any problems. So, of mm. course, we're talking about Wes Craven. Now, you know, before this, you're talking Last House on the Left, Nightmare. Uh, I know I'm missing another People on the Stairs was probably a- after this hmm. but you know just like like most horror films in the 80s most films came back like okay you gotta cut a few seconds off of this blah 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 for no reason at all because nowadays you have the f- bombing episodes of The Walking Dead with still more gore than any of this shit ever had let's see when was 88 90, oh Deadly Blessing and uh I'm sorry. I was looking at, Hills Have Eyes. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, was Deadly Friend before this? Yeah, Deadly Friend. Shocker. Well, Shocker was after. So, yeah. So, I mean... Hills Have Eyes Part 1 and 2. So, hmm. yeah. he's He was no stranger to having to, like... Here's my film. Okay, let me cut out all this shit. Yeah. So... But, again, this one... With, I think the surreal nature is probably the difference. Because, you know... MPA is weird. You, you can't show somebody dying in this way. But you can show the aftermath of it without something penetrating a body or an intestine here or whatever. So where is this as much more, you know, a body's rising up like a haunted house out of a grave screaming. And then a snake comes out of its mouth towards as opposed to a live person with the same mm-hmm. thing happening. So you can never tell with MPA, especially in the eighties, they were, I don't still, still don't think they have exact rules for that kind of shit. But, uh, the CD soundtrack for this film is actually extremely rare as it was pressed in limited quantities and part of this was due to the film's poor release and the fact that the market was transitioning from LP to CD as a mass format, so the normal album run was much, much shorter. So if you have an original CD copy of the soundtrack of this film, you probably could sell it on eBay for, I don't know, whatever it's going for. <laughs> Let's see what the current going rate is for the CD soundtrack. Original the CD soundtrack. and the Rainbow CD
1: Soundtrack. CD,
0: you said, right? $389. Buy it now. Only $3 shipping, though. What a steal. Yeah, it's quite rare. From yep. Japan.
1: Oh, yeah. $3 other shipping from Japan?
0: That's a bargain. <laughs> I, think I think they're making their money elsewhere on there, though. Wow. To cover their shipping. And that's the only one, it looks like, on hmm. eBay. So if you're one of those music completists <laughs> that have to have it. Crazy. Yep. Or you can probably just go on iTunes and get it digitally <laughs> right now in better clarity. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So it's one of those very rare CDs. So if you happen to come across it in somebody's garage sale, grab it, run to eBay. You can make three at least probably three hundred eighty nine, four hundred bucks off of it.
1: And we only need ten percent.
0: Yeah, there you go. Find your feet. Well <laughs> we put the idea in your head, so whatever fee go. that's no called. Idea. Uh according to an article about Unless the film don't tell us. <laughs> I mean, be you very should mean tell us. You. I mean, we're nice <laughs> to y'all. 200 plus episodes. Uh, according to an article about the film from Fangoria number 71, the original cut of the movie was three hours long. But Craven felt it was too long, rightly so, and talky, so it was cut down to 98 minutes, which I completely understand because even at 98 minutes, it still got its talky parts. Mm. So uh, good good choice there, Wes. Because this, this was a three-hour movie with um, where the talking was... Doubled to make that runtime. I would not ever watch it again, <laughs> ever. Uh, let's see. Inspired by the song, inspi- uh, this film inspired the song "Voodoo" by one of the worst bands of the early two thousands, Godsmack. Uh, the band wrote the song while watching the film together. However, most people believe the song is about the shooting about shooting heroin. Voodoo is also used every year at Carowinds amusement park during the annual. I don't even know why I put that on there. That's a stupid fact. But anyway, if you like Godsmack. And you like bad music. No offense to they all who ask, actually like Godsmack. I can't stand that fucking band. <laughs> like, they're the... Uh, we're going to be like Nickelback, but a little harder.
1: What's the name of the song? Voodoo. Mm. The lyrics are, I'm not the one who's far away when I feel the snake bite enter my veins. Ooh, like the clip. Yeah. <laughs> Never did I want to be here again and I don't remember why I came.
0: Oh, Okay, and it repeats that over and over again. Such amazing, amazing lyrics. Good job, Sully. The away. I think the that's the his name. I'm a one singer. I'm a one name singer called Salvatore B. Emma. Yeah, I think, and they call and him Rob Sully or, 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 or something like that. Whatever. Yeah, Sully. I am give myself a name. I give myself the. I in this band called God's Back. I name myself after the monster from Monsters Inc. because that's metal or something. Just... wait is that what it is? Godsmack. Um, that's the band. But I think the... no. Is that the name of the monster? <laughs> oh no, the monster is Sully. Whoa, this guy. But kind of the lead singer like calls, calls himself Cougar. Sully. That's funny. Maybe we just cracked a code. Godsmack is just members of Nickelback yeah. disguised in different positions. Nickelsmack. <laughs> <laughs> you won the internet for the day. <laughs> I was trying to immediately think of some sort of mashup, but I don't know any Godsmack songs to like <laughs> Five, ma- mix either. them with the one Nickelback song Voodoo. I know.
1: I've heard of the song "Oh called Yeah," Voodoo. And uh, new single "Bulletproof," "I Stand Alone." I can't even no. remember how these go. I
0: have again, like I saw them one time on MTV and was just like, "Nope, this is shit." Oh, from the Scorpion King soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, just look how stupid this looks. That looks. This is a Creed video.
1: No kidding. This
0: is an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a second. Maybe, maybe it's Nickel Creed smacking. <laughs> this is all that same time frame where all this like was like the coolest shit to do.
1: Stand alone.
0: God. Well, good for them. Yeah, I'm glad they. <laughs> They're dead. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, this film Are you
1: was based... a God fan? Send us a letter.
0: You Tell us why they're good. At gmail.com. I won't believe you. <laughs> uh, based on the book The Serpent and the Rainbow, a Harvard scientist's astonishing journey into the secret societies of Haitian voodoo, zombies, and magic. It's a long fucking title. Mm-hmm. Just do Serpent and the Rainbow. Put all that other shit on the back of the inside flap. Yeah, people... Uh, I mean, We're all
1: into those
0: long titles. Yeah, look at the cover. Half of the book is the, na- is the title. Like, yeah, and they could barely fit a little square tiny, photo on it. It's like a thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> I want to click on that to make it bigger on the cover of the book so I can see what it's about. Uh, it was a 19, written in 1985, again, by anthropologist and researcher Wade Davis. He investigated Haitian voodoo and the process of making zombies. He studied ethobotanical poisons, discovering their use in a reported case of a contemporary zombie, Clarivus Narcisse. Uh, according to the book, The Assortment of Ingredients... And the Haitian zombie powder include pufferfish, matter from a corpse, specifically to Davis's supposed adventure in Haiti, a Bakur, a Haitian shaman, crushed the skull of a deceased infant that had been dead a month or two and added it to the poison. You also need, you know, these local ingredients you can get at any drugstore. Freshly killed blue lizards, a large dried, dried toad with, dry, with a dried sea worm wrapped around it, prepared beforehand, uh, something called toucha-toucha and itching pea. A species of mukana. If you know what the hell any of that is, you're smarter than me about sprinkle
1: a heap load of crystal meth on top of that, and you're good.
0: <laughs> and maybe some Tony C for flavor, <laughs> and snort that shit up, and yeah. you will be a goddamn yeah. zombie. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, by the way, many of Davis's claims are criticized for a number of scientific inaccuracies. Mm. Uh, in the book, Davis, however, he does not say. actually suggest that the zombie powder containing... Tetrodotoxin was used for maintaining mental slaves, but for producing the initial death and resurrection that convinced the victims of those who knew them that they had become zombies. The zombies, such as the, the gentleman Clavius Narcisse, were kept biddable by regular doses of the poisoning plant, the Taurus stramonium, which produces amnesia, delirium, and suggestibility. So, again, they basically do that typical trope. <laughs> That's the end. Spoiler. <laughs> if you want to watch it, Jesse. You know, like oh, they give they're giving you a chemical to where your heartbeat slows down, and it only seems like you're dead. Uh, So then, when they bury you, and you wake, and they they you know they come get you out, so you think that you're dead. Yeah, (laughs) but then they then keep dosing you with the uh, datura stramonium to keep you just the and a you know subdued mental state. So that's a real zombie. There's no flesh eaters. I mean. Well, there are pe- Well, people actually no. People snorting bath salts a few years ago actually right. became zombies and did go around eating people. Yeah, where's that story? Where's that movie? The serpent and the bath salts, <laughs> or the, the salts in the bathtub. I don't know. That's the that's the next thing. Something like that. I have no clue. Anyway, score wise, this film again it visually it's a treat. the The surreal moments are fantastic. Craven in the '80s, fantastic director uh the story it's not bad, but it, you know it could have again there's a three hour cut this is cut down in three hours to hour and forty. It still could have been a little shorter it could have the pacing is probably the biggest issue with it, but just on the visuals alone, I give it a seven uh you would just wa- you know if somebody if a band you know just did us you know did a soundtrack to the film to just watch to have the film on and they just are playing a soundtrack it would be. But not this. <laughs> not this, although it would be better than this video we're seeing, where apparently he's facing a scorpion. I have no idea. In the ruins of ancient Greece. Where are they, where are they plugging their amps in at? There's no, I, electr- there's no power out there. <laughs> no, that
1: like those Creed Treads videos. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jank, jank, jank. So
0: fucking lame. Yeah, there are no amps out there. It's the power of the music. Okay, t- please turn that off.
1: <laughs> I,
0: just, I just literally want to die now. Mm, but again, in the real world, this released February 5th, 1988. Just four days after, speaking, keeping it relevant to Halloween and horror and horror movies in the 80s, Heather O'Rourke, O'Rourke the little girl, they're here, from Poltergeist passed mm-hmm. away. Uh, just a few days after, or before this film came out. So she didn't, you know, as a small child, she wouldn't have seen it anyway, probably. Right. Because she was dead. Sorry, Heather. Yeah. Rest in peace. I actually watched Poltergeist the other day, and she was good in it. However, the sequels stay far, far away <laughs> from the Poltergeist sequels. So yeah, that kind of wraps it up for the most part. Sorry if it's a a low energy show today, but again, Halloween party was last night. Well, the smack really helped. That really kind of kicked it. I, I feel energized now to, <laughs> to uh, kill myself. Stand <laughs> oh, that's the that's the song. The song I remember something. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing I the best. That's Another something. Some no, that's the only song I know by him. It's something like that. I'm doing the best that I can. Nah. I don't know what it is. Don't try to find it, please. No, Jesse, don't do this. Don't do this to me. And this looks like every fucking 90s video, too. You know, like the Limp Biscuit era. He, yeah. he looks like Dave Batista's younger brother. <laughs> like, that didn't work out. Right. That ended up working at a gas station and had this very bad band on the side that somehow got oh, famous. Gosh. Guys. <laughs> he even got the Batista little soul patch. Oh, wow. Actually, actually, he probably had it first. <laughs> Are they still active? I hope not. For the love of... Our, 22 million views on this shit. 22 million people watch this video.
1: I feel like I've heard of them recently, like being around Baton Rouge. But maybe not. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. April 18th, they were in Baton Rouge. Oh, Ugh. the Shinedown. We need oh, to- and Godsmack. What a
0: lovely show. Yeah. Wow. It would have been nice if something would have happened while they were there that purged the earth of those people. <laughs> <laughs> we need a new plague
1: I think they're fading away
0: it, it'll be a fight yeah I imagine they opened I'm sure they weren't the headliner <laughs> I would like to hope that there's at least that much Shine Down's the headliner I guess I don't even I've, yeah, I've heard Shinedown's I've heard face. of Down. I can't I don't know if I ever heard one of their songs uh no.
1: <laughs> no no well uh Get Up official video two months ago I really doubt we've heard this and
0: that Thumbnail simple looks. Man. So oh, they did simple man. Oh, oh wait. Okay, I have heard that because I heard. Because oh you heard that cover Lance of Simple Skinner. Dance. Simple, that new cover of some band did uh, of Simple I Man. I don't even know. And it's just that same stupid godsmacky fucking voice. <laughs> you know, shine down. Whatever. Sounds Fuck these mass. guys. Yeah, it sounds
1: like a- the same.
0: Definitely, the same crowd would go to the same show. This sounds like uh, saliva. Click, click, boom. And like yeah. This you What know, you was that period of time where all this all music this sounds
1: the same. 45, eight. okay, I've heard this song. Tearing down the bare little love 45.
0: Oh, that's deep. That's some that's deep lyrics. Like oh, whatever. <laughs> Fucking bullshit music. Anyway, back to the future. <laughs> you like that music, though. Good for you. I like Send some us bad a music message too. At, uh,
1: you need to visit at gmail dot com.
0: We just talking trash. Yeah, but uh, the biggest news in the horror we world since understand. our last episode is, of course, the new Halloween came out, mm-hmm. okay. and I saw it, and I fucking loved it. Now, a lot of people are giving a lot of shit. Uh, there's a great podcast. I'll give a free plug to a podcast uh, called Halloweenies from uh, Consequences Consequence of Sound. Uh, very well done. A lot of good insight on the entire series they went through the entire series so if you go if you're a fan of halloween i'll recommend each episode's like three hours long so it's great but they cover every aspect it's a very detailed podcast which is why i like it because this podcast is so chaotic and tangible Mm -hmm. uh but they really spoiler they didn't like the new one which kind of surprised me because they were i think they were hyped themselves but uh i had the advantage obviously because my friend worked at the theater here locally so i got to see it in the morning just me and my friend no other. I don't have to worry about an audience laughing at something that I might not find funny to then make oh, me think, gorgeous. "Oh, that's funny." So I got a very pure watch of it. So, yeah. and I absolutely loved it. There's a, aside. There is a plot twist in this film that is so stupid oh. that like, and the 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 the, the, thing, the crazy thing is, is that it was completely unnecessary, and you could easily edit it out immediately, and it's gone. You don't even have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, But it's somehow still in the film. Mm. It is an absolutely asinine plot twist. And everybody, I know that scene, it says the exact same thing. Why did this, like, a oh, movie's great except for that one thing. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm. But uh, visually, the film is phenomenal. One of the best looking horror movies I've seen in a long time. Of will and Jesse off the podcast. Uh, go to YouTube and there's a bajillion Halloween fan films. They all look the same. They copy the exact same shots from the original. It's like, you know, more homage than anything. Just no originality. A lot of people think this film is an original. But, I mean, again, this is Halloween Awakens. It's like The Force Awakens. It's, It's, you know, I mean, it's telling the same story. Of course, you can break it down like that. But it's still good. I was lost in it. I had a great time. Except for that one fucking plot twist. Mm. uh but also best movie soundtrack in a long time john carpenter fucking killed it uh updating updated his classic stuff all the new stuff's really good uh if you like that kind of synthesized synthy kind of sound much like I plugged gunship a few weeks ago uh download the soundtrack immediately it's some of carpenter's best original work even though it's you know rehashing some of his original work from sure. 40 years ago but they if you're I honestly don't see how if you're a fan of Halloween of the Halloween franchise because it is a fucked up roller coaster of a franchise. You have the first one, my opinion. Sorry, Ben Tasmanian Devil Wyatt who hated the original Halloween when he watched it recently. Mm. Uh, My opinion, one of the greatest movies of all time. Halloween two, the original Halloween two, pretty good sequel in my opinion. Then jump, you're not jumping the shark, but completely out of left field. Halloween three, and then the whole then Michael Myers saga picking back up all the way to the zombie reboots and. Now this, so this was you know a big course correction for the franchise, and this you know, at least in the Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmares, there's a constant narrative like okay this happened, we have to make it make sense tied into this one, just keep the train going. The you know, Halloween's the only franchise to where there's an entry has nothing to do with any of them. There's two reboots, and then also now two reboots involving time jumps, H two O, and you know you can call this one H four O. You know you basically redid you've done that twice. So, you know, the franchise is, is completely fucked up. Completely. But again, this is a direct sequel to the original. And rightfully so, they don't answer some of the things as to, oh, what happened right after the first one? You know, it just it kind of picks up and it goes. And uh, again, you can. You have to, I watched. I, my biggest thing when I go into a film, A, especially one I'm excited for, A, maintain reasonable levels of anticipation, B, don't go into it as a critic at least the first time. Mm -hmm. Like, I really try to watch something just to watch it in the moment and enjoy it. And I absolutely did that for this film and enjoyed, again, every aspect of it except for this one stupid fucking plot twist that they do foreshadow. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself when I see the first foreshadow, I'm like, I hope this doesn't come to pass. I hope this is just like something to make people think something and then that's all you hear of it. Nope, they went there. And thankfully, it's remedied within about five minutes, ten minutes which again blows my mind cuz then why do it? You didn't need it at all. But overall, there's a fantastic tracking shot in this film, again an homage to the original where they have the uh, you know, tracking shot through the house in the opening of the film. But uh if you've seen the second trailer, you get a little piece of that, but the you know, it's it's a hidden one take type situation, but you know, hidden beyond, you know, some camera tricks and everything, but fantastically well done. Uh this is a... F- I, I believe... I mean, they had reverence for the original when they did this and they did a... Uh, you know, not a homage but a lot of reverence to the first one which I think there's a line between, you know, imitating the original and then, you know, your take of it. You know, it gets... You know, a lot of stuff people say is, oh, it's not original. Well, I mean, it's a, sl- a, it's a slasher film so a mass person has got to kill people. So... That's already like, where do you go original with that? you know that, that that's the trick, and that's the hard part, I'm not saying it's easy, but uh you know, perfect film to watch this time of year. go see it in the theater. It's great, loved in every aspect of it well acted uh and the dad uh or the I say the dad, the uh Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter's husband in the film I didn't know this till I looked it up. he's a veteran of Pete and Pete. He's Artie, the strongest man in the world.
1: I, I didn't watch much Pete and Pete.
0: No way. Way. Okay, enough said of Pete and <laughs> Pete. <laughs> of course, if you're old, old old like me and watch Nickelodeon. That, see, that's the thing. We didn't have cable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Adventures of Pete and we Pete. We were poor. And occasionally, Artie, the strongest man in the world, would show up. And he's the new Halloween. And actually, if you look at his Agony B page, like 180 credits. Like, he's been in tons of shit. He's consistently working.
1: I didn't get cable till the late '90s. We didn't get it till. Well, probably got earlier than that, I guess. Cause when when South Park came around, that's when we finally. Actually, we didn't even have it there. It was what '98 or something. Oh wow!
0: Because with us, my where we lived in Walker, but in local stuff, I know. Sorry, everybody, but local where references. my grandparents were, they were close enough to be able to get cable, but we were just far enough away from them, like even though we were practically neighbors, that they didn't have the lines ran. Yeah. so we would go over to my grandparents you know. which again this was literally walking 200 feet mm-hmm. we couldn't get cable but grandma had cable so we'd go over there for shark week, we'd go over there to watch a movie she also mm-hmm. had a VCR, we didn't have a VCR at that time uh, since I was real little, probably like I guess 8 or 9 maybe maybe younger than that even Cause it seems like we got a VCR pretty quick because my parents themselves got tired of not having anything but 3 channels sometimes 4 if we hit the side of the box hard enough <laughs> to get uh, 33 to come in but, yeah, in terms of, uh, st- you know, recent stuff... Fox
1: The Box? Got The Box, right? Yeah. Did you get that channel? The Box?
0: Oh, not... Oh, not... That was until much later, at least oh, in our, okay. our neck of the woods. That was, like, uh... That was when I was out of high school. That was probably, so that was in, like, the early 2000s. That's,
1: I think that's a local reference, too. There used to be a channel where you could call in and pay... Like 99 certain, cents or something like that? Yeah, to have a music video shown on TV. And so it would
0: just play the same freaking
1: videos the yeah. whole time but it
0: would say who did like requested by you could yeah. sometimes you could put a message like love you babe Oh my god. or gosh. stuff like that lame I mean ahead of its time I guess yeah sure but I mean well that you know that was actually that was, vid- that was video on demand not maybe one of the first sure. well you had pay per view you could still order movies and stuff but that was pretty uh, I don't know if it was the first or not think people but, pay for it yeah for real Surprise but anyway it worked. work Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 just came out. Jesse, you're a little further in it than I am. I was so disappointed to find out that it's so much more life sim than I thought it would be. Maybe maybe they're... Honestly,
1: the notes you had about that, minor spoilers maybe for Red Dead, for like, yeah, those meters and stuff, I don't pay attention to those. Even though I'm further along than you are. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention because <laughs> I watched, like yeah, I mentioned. Enough. I still don't know what they mean.
1: There's like five different things down yeah, there. because I, I was know watching what the they mean. <coughs> like the ten oh, things you should right, know,
0: right. and then I was like, because right now I have two meters, I have a horse and me. I was
1: gonna say, how'd you find out? That's yeah, all I that's need. Right you told
0: me that, and then like then I saw like okay now in this part of the game, I non spoiler, just like it was one of those videos like ten things you should know before you play. Right. So you kind of like oh maybe I want to go do this first because this is gonna be good for later or early on. It's like, you know, there's five meters. Like, what the, f- like, what all got to keep track of? And then like, it's like, oh, make sure that when you travel, you, in, in your saddlebag, you keep a coat, a warm coat. Cause if you go to the cold and you don't have a warm That's coat, right. you got to have the, you're going to lose they did it. They did. Yeah. Don't wear your warm coat in the desert. Cause you're going to be too hot. And you you know, you got to have, I'm like, I don't want to, f- I just, my clothing should be cosmetic. <laughs> I just, I just want to play the fucking game and you know, i want to do my missions, do my side missions, go hunting, all that fun stuff. <laughs> Which, I mean, once you get once we get into it, I'm sure that opinion will change. Because, I mean, I was kind of like that with San Andreas. Like, oh, let me go work out so I can be buff. Let me go ride the bike for an hour so I can build up my stamina, all oh, that yeah. kind of shit. So, we'll see. But, uh, fucking mm. gorgeous game. Uh, yeah. So, there's no denying that. Awesome. Absolutely. So, anyway, that kind of wraps this one up for now. Sorry it came out late. My fault. Having kids is hard. Harder than I ever imagined. You know, I just got one. And I mean, and I, I, I can't put it all on my daughter. That's that's kind of unfair. It's just, uh but a busy week at work. And, well, she did get me sick again. All these daycare germs.
1: What? So. That's
0: terrible. Autumn hasn't been sick fucking once. She got a runny nose one, one day and that was it. Me, I'm getting like, just congestion and having to go to urgent care wow. every other week. Get a shot. Something. All these kids... I'm fine with adult germs cause I'm around adults all the time. Now I have a kid who's around all these other kids who has all these, you know, new strains of shit. So, now she's like, baby, I don't even want to kiss my baby anymore. She's like, oh. It's like some mutant gene. Content. Yeah. That's how I'm going to die from some baby flu. You go, he got the baby flu. Don't uh, Baby flus. It happens. Takes you out real quick. But anyway, we'll be back as soon as possible to finish out Halloween Horror. I won't be through before Halloween I regret to say but I'll get them out somehow as soon as I can get some time as soon as my work schedule loosens up we had a lot of uh, issues at my office in terms of uh, personnel being sick or like not just like oh I'm calling in sick like I have to go to the emergency room type sick Mm. so it's just like uh, okay so normally I would get off at 3 go get my baby relax have free time but now it's like I'm working from Eight I to need five. To be
1: like, I need to see those receipts
0: for that emergency. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, honestly, they do. They, I mean, they're <laughs> no, good about no, good. that. So, cause I mean, cause that's my first thought. You know, unfortunately, I hate to think about anybody, but it's like I can't come in. Today. I got to go to the hospital. I'm thinking, okay. But the next day, here's your. They went to the hospital, so <laughs> they spent the money to get a see a doctor if they're faking. So, like, wow. you know, I, I, mean, I, I get, everybody gets benefit to die with me at my at my place of business. But anyway. Let us know how lame this episode was. 80sVisit at gmail.com. <laughs> Again, lo- low energy, post-party. All that kind of stuff. Sorry, guys and girls. We'll be back to form next time, I promise. Uh, 80sVisit at Don't forget Awesome Pods. Or, I'm sorry, 80sVisit uh, on Twitter, uh, <laughs> Facebook. I don't check the Twitter. don't even bother doing it. Right. But I do like seeing emails with 42 notifications. Email's the best way. Absolutely. Classic. Yep. Speaking of... Well, I got like eight missed texts from my mother. That turned off the And phone. Uh, okay, yeah, the baby's not. The baby's fine. So that's kind of the only thing. I no nine one one type calls there. But we did get a great email from our good friend UK Lee across the pond. He says, "Hi guys, hope you are both well." And yes, I totally forgot to say I've been listening to Gunship a lot lately since you said it about it a few podcasts ago. Love it, and that Tim Capello track is awesome. You're welcome, Lee. Glad to share the love. Mm. I mean, I'm a straight guy, but I remember him playing that sax in Lost Boys, and I would I would have let him blow his sax all over me anytime. <laughs> you should like Dog Soldiers. I've seen it a few times, and the costumes are pretty cool. And I don't think there's any CGI in it at all. Uh, all practical, which I like about it. Good to hear. Uh, I got it ready to go whenever I got time to watch it on the uh, old flash drive, so to speak. Uh, I got a very good recommendation for you. It's a British series called Inside Number 9. I haven't heard of that. Or it might come up as Inside Number 9 on Netflix. There are different stories all the time, like Black Mirror. Ooh, I like that, because I love Black Mirror. Uh, but most, but use mostly the same two actors in it who wrote it. Interesting. They're dark comedy, horror, mystery, and some have very good twists in them. Thought they'd be right up your street, so be sure to give them a go. Think there's five seasons, but only the first three on Netflix. Chat soon, UK Lee. Appreciate it, Lee. I'll definitely check that out. And I thought I had another email from you. Let me see, because we were... Oh, sorry. Sorry, UK Lee. It was P. It was UK Pete. Uh, he sent another one too sorry uh, Pete Uh, anyway morning jets hope you're all well following the latest and greatest 80s film related podcast a few bullet points from uh, UK Pete he says so you're on Tuesdays now is this a permanent thing or are you going back to Mondays well Mondays I think this answers your question (laughs) Uh, horror movies not really my thing you talk about horror movies hilarious actually makes me want to watch a few Uh, The Phantom of the Opera is a fantastic musical my favorite is the Toronto version in the mid 90s with Paul Stanley of Kiss in the lead role Mm -hmm. back when he had a fantastic singing voice Yeah, I've heard uh, excerpts of that, and actually, like, when I first heard that, I was like, okay, I mean, I know Paul Stanley can sing, but, you know, this is different from, Kiss is a different kind of theatricality than, you know, Phantom of the Opera. But I was very surprised. Very, very good versions. Uh, My favorite musicals, he says, Wicked, Rock of Ages, Phantom, and Starlight Express. Best werewolf movie, Teen Wolf. Joke, quite clearly, American Werewolf in London. Good job. Cheers for guys. Cheers for now, guys. Nice to have you back in some kind of regularity. Pete, the Resident vice president. Sorry uh, about that, you know, about the uh, regularity thing there. <laughs> it's kind of uh, sad to do that. Oh wait, okay, I did have another one from uh, UK Lee. I knew I saw it somewhere because he mentioned. Uh, or did I read that last time? Maybe I did. Yeah, could you talk about hereditary? Yeah, never mind. Sorry, I didn't print them out because I was just going off my email. It's okay. I think I'm pretty sure I got all the emails covered. If I forgot one the two esteemed members of the UK 80s visited fan club, be sure to let me know and I'll get that taken care of Mm. ASAP. But uh, yeah, looking at Inside Number 9 now on uh, IMDb 8.4. Yeah. Definitely check it out. I love shit like that. Dark, funny, brilliant. I'll take it. Good enough for me, mate. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we'll catch you next week, hopefully. We'll talk about Reanimator, one of the great kind of I wouldn't say B level because I think it's above that, but uh, one of next those week sort or next of time. next time. Thank you, Jesse. Good call. Next time on Asia Visit, we'll be talking about Reanimator. Uh, one of those. That's kind of you know uh, most horror. I mean, most horror fans know it obviously, but it's still one of those that often like. Oh yeah, I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. Kind of level. A lot like uh, I'd say Phantasms in that same kind of ballpark. Right. You know, like oh, I've heard about that. That's the Flying Ball movie or whatever. What's Reanimator about? Oh, that's the green goo or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. So uh, we'll be talking about that one a good bit next time, cause that's one of my not guilty pleasure. That's the wrong word, but uh, it's a fun movie, absolutely fun movie. Uh, so there's your homework for next week ever, right or craft. next time, everybody. Check out Reanimator. Uh, if you've read the little short story it's based on and haven't seen the movie, you'll be glad to know a little bit of preview trivia. The movie's not like the little story. So, <laughs> in name, mostly name only, if I remember correctly. So, but yeah, don't forget to check out our good friends down under, uh, Ben with the Asian Mania podcast. He's got his solo episodes up and also the BAM cast, Badly Awesome Movies, and all the old episodes of our good friends right uh, about an hour away in Lafayette, John and James with Nowverse Nostalgia. Hope you guys are doing well, haven't heard from you in forever, and on my side, I still haven't sent you a message on Facebook, John, <laughs> yeah. to see what's up in you either. It's yep. <laughs> having a kid and then a, trying to redo your business all at the same Cold time. weather. Hope you got a jacket. I bet he, every time he gets cold I wish I had my jacket oh yeah, yeah. little light bulb goes off so but anyway funny. everybody stay safe watch some horror movies for the next few days because we still got a few days in October at least at the time of listening to this you'll have three more nights go see Halloween before the end of the month check it out it's worth it or at least watch the original even you Ben finish it it's good come on man T- uh, send me an email about it we'll talk about it next time so until then everybody I am Trey Harris
1: Jesse
0: Sedgley Cowab. Bunga. Find this show and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on twitter at Awesome Pods.